It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And with that, we welcome in Jake Trotter, Browns beat reporter for ESPN.com. Jake, Jake, thanks is. for coming in today. Jake, how are you? Hi, welcome. Welcome to our lovely home. Second are, time here. Are you ready for the offseason? I mean, what do you do to prepare for the offseason? What do I do? Are to... you doing push-ups? Are you doing uh, finger exercises? I don't I, know. What do you want I to try to, to shed a little of my late December weight. You know, mm. try, to, try to get back in the gym. Okay. Try to start eating healthy again. Try to get a little bit of a routine. Okay. You know, I, I've gotten better the older I've gotten at keeping that routine. But then, you know, earlier it was like September it would fall apart. Now I can push it to like almost Christmas. But, you know, l- last two, three weeks of this year was. The holidays, was, everybody goes to hell. Yeah. Yes. Really and the people. Texans, uh, Jason knows this, the oh, Texans. God. Their food spread. Is unbelievable. You leave off with diabetes. The is it the best in the league? You leave with diabetes. It's top three. It's top three. Is yeah. the, Brown, the Browns have the worst in the league? Bottom three. Yeah. Who's, who's in that category? That's exactly what Jason every said. Stadium? Almost. That's, that's funny because that's not the first time I heard. Yeah, everybody this. says the Browns. The Browns say that they have a, t- the a bottom three. Yeah, I think they, they was better. voted the it's worst. Embarrassing. Browns, let's go. The, the, the Browns gave the Raiders food poisoning a few years ago. Were you here for that? Or I mean, that pre- I was you? not. It's better. Yeah. It's way better than it used to be. Yeah. When I first started, that's funny it's still listen. bottom three. Jimmy Haslam owns half the state. Can he have better food for the media, please? Maybe we'd treat him nicer if he gave us better food. There is a game. Last year, the year before, where there was no food pregame because the guy was new and got lost. <laughs> Remember that I, at the stadium? There was he was like pushing the food around somewhere underneath <laughs> and couldn't find where to go, and there was like no food that at the like Browns Stadium. Yeah, so, last year it was last some, year, the year before. Sometimes it's like that Homer Simpson meme where I walk in and just Ooh. walk right back. Yeah. Out. Yep. You could tell it's Atlanta right. is top three. Okay. SoFi is top three. The it. Commanders is like the saddest setup ever. Maybe it'll be different. Maybe now. the new owner would have changed. <laughs> they were so last. the worst are the Browns, Washington, and who? Who else? Who is else that? would you say, Jason? Bad. I think I think Baltimore's really fallen apart. Baltimore's gone down. They took away the crab cakes. So yeah. what's better uh, in the mm. division, Bengals or or Steelers? I was They're not both Im- better. I was not impressed with Cincinnati this year, but both are better than the yeah. Browns. That's crazy. Browns got picked. Browns are last in the division. I don't. I don't get to travel to games, so I only get to Browns. And yeah, I did you say Minnesota for top? Minnesota's top. Phenomenal. Three. AFC Minnesota, North is really yeah. good at defense and really bad at press boxes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got Minnesota. So if I, if I have to go to press boxes, Minnesota, Atlanta, Houston. Those are the three to go. And SoFi would be the other. Oh, yeah. SoFi. Yeah. Dallas I feel is like very in Atlanta, they, they would have strippers. And Cowboys Stadium would be. I haven't been to oh, Dallas. Yeah. They have strippers Stadium. in the Atlanta press. Uh, no, food. but they have they like a carving station. Oh my God, uh, it's like a wedding. Ice cream Sunday. Yeah, it's, really? Yeah. Have you been to Vegas? I haven't been to Vegas. I haven't been to the new Vegas yeah. i got to imagine Vegas yeah. is going to be good. I would think so. You go into Well, zone? maybe if they build a new stadium, no, Jake, and this, we were talking about this a little <laughs> bit later. Yeah. Uh, maybe with a new stadium, they'll have improved uh, press box food. Who knows? What, what's your take on everything that's been rumored about with this potential new stadium? They're frustrated that they haven't been able to get this off the ground, that they haven't been able to get any momentum for a renovated or a new stadium. So I think they have a lot of contingency plans that they're looking at. Uh, That would be really interesting. I don't know that there's a stadium in professional sports that's that close to the airport uh, as that one would be. Right. I don't think that's their first choice, right, Jason? But, you know, I'm from Oklahoma City, right? And they... The owner ownership there kicked in a fifty million of nine hundred million dollar renovation. The taxpayer taxpayers are picking up the rest of it. It passed overwhelmingly Jeez. in December, and the Browns are like, we can't even get a fifty fifty off the ground, much less a ninety five to five right. uh, split. So, for whatever reason, as much as this city loves the Browns, they can't get politically uh, a stadium renovation or. Uh, new new stadium construction off the ground. And I get it. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of poor people in, in the city of Cleveland. And it looks kind of unseemly to spend money when a billionaire could afford to pay for the whole thing himself. But unfortunately, that's just the way it is. And in most of these cases, it's it's at least 50-50. And, and we'll see. But uh, The I, Thunder could have moved, yeah. right? Like that could, that was something that, you know, right. it's Oklahoma City. You know, you're, you're not entitled yeah. to a pro sports team. 
it's hard to envision any scenario in which the Browns would leave again, oh, right? The no. That gives no. the city a lot of leverage. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. They, that's true. I mean, the laws were rewritten when the Browns left the last time. They truly, like legally, they can't leave without Jimmy having to sell a team. If you, They can't leave Cleveland, yeah. or they can't leave the air, Northeast Ohio? They can't leave this region. They can't, okay. I mean, they can right. leave the city of Cleveland and right, right, right. Park. Okay, yeah. But you can't leave the right. region. And why would you? I mean, yeah, he, they're not, that's not happening. Yeah. But I will say, the one thing that's interesting to me, Zach Meisel and I did a deep dive on like when the Browns did leave the first time. And part of it was exactly this, that the team couldn't engage the city and the city sort of pushed off the Browns. They were focused on, on progressive while well, Jacobs field at the time, they were focused on bringing the Cavs from Richfield to downtown. And they told the Browns, we'll take care of you later. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. And art ran out of time, money, and patience. And well, that's how he wanted a bad up, owner. Well, he was, and yeah. that's how they wound up in Baltimore. And now, I think that Jake's 100% right. The city's been slow to come to the table. I think the city's looking at this as this isn't until 2028. There are more pressing matters that we are dealing with at City Hall than you guys. You're going to have to wait your turn. And personally, I think that's the wrong approach. I've talked to people who do stadium deals, and they say the time to do it is now. That's not the Browns saying that. That's people who have built these stadiums and said, you need to work on this three, four, five, six years out. You can't yeah. wait until the last minute to do right. that. And don't think that Deshaun Watson trade was made independent of what we're talking about right now. Yeah. They're not, they're but is he going to be the quarterback yeah. when the new stadium was built? <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> in, in <shape laughs> you can generate some – like if, it, right, if right, the team right, okay. is 10-1, and one, yeah. it is a lot easier to do this sure. versus when your quarterback is out for the year with the shoulder injury. I do think, I do think though, that Jimmy's got a lot of – PR, there are a lot of people don't like him. And no, the, the, the FBI scandal. Yeah. And the Deshaun thing that didn't go over well with And a this ton whole of thing fans. with selling pilot flying and day, the, they and inflated the numbers. By Warren Buffett was. and all that. Like yeah. there's there's some hurdles there that yeah. if you're gonna put something on the ballot and you want public money, and I don't know what you think, I, I don't think he's paying for the whole thing. I think he sold pilot to put up his portion of it. I don't see him writing a check for two billion dollars to build a brand new stadium. I don't I don't think that that's gonna happen. Yeah. No, but okay. Well, but let's. Let, Jimmy part, didn't get to where he is by spending his own money that's on everything. Exactly right. Well, that's a whole other thing. But, but anyway, Jason said earlier that he thinks now that he didn't think at one point they were going to put a roof on a new building. Now he thinks they will. Do you agree? I mean, I like would have no said brain. no. Now yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I mean. If, if the stadium was going to stay, stay downtown in yeah. the vicinity of where it is, no, they weren't going to do a dome. They were going to do a renovation. But if that runs into a barrier and they have to rethink this whole thing, then I would say anything is on it on the table. I wouldn't yeah. predict a dome stadium. I don't think that they are thinking that big because I mean that. I mean, how much would that cost? Two Jason? billion. Yeah, I mean, it just wouldn't be, that create more events and other. I just think so. You get a Super Bowl maybe yeah. once, and you get. A couple final fours and I think the fans would prefer it. I know there's some I would prefer it. Yeah, I mean, well, some of these games get windy and yeah, cold. It's awful. You know? Pers- my personal opinion, just my opinion. Yeah. I don't think they were ever serious about renovating that stadium. I think that was posturing. I think it was them throwing up being able to throw up their hands later and say, Well, we tried. We the did Browns? our due diligence. Yes, the Browns. We did our due diligence on this. I think it's the stadium is crap. It's a really big pig, and there's not enough lipstick in the world to fix it. Mm-hmm. And you certainly can't put a roof on an existing building that's never been done. That's a stupid idea that will never be done. No, right. yeah, that's yeah. not it. You'd have and, to rebuild the whole thing. That's yeah, why yeah. I never thought a dome was viable, even if it did make sense. Right, unless they move somewhere else. Let's, let's talk about something else, Jay, because we were talking earlier about, you know, all the coaching changes, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Are you surprised by any of this? Did you see this coming? Because it – didn't seem like the type of season that they needed to make all these wholesale changes on the offense. I was a little bit surprised, not by like some of the moves were not surprising. Stump Mitchell was not surprising to me. Okay. Um, TC, you know, I, I don't think he had a big enough role for us to be surprised either way. AVP was a tiny bit surprising to me. I didn't see that coming. He's really, Jason would probably agree, very well thought of in that building. Um, not only by, uh, players, Deshaun included, but by, you know, other coaches. So, uh, and, and he didn't technically get fired. They were going to demote him and give him an option to stay as a running backs or tight ends coach, to which yeah. he said, forget that. And yeah. obviously, you know, he's above that up at this point in his career. He's the play caller for the Patriots now. So I, I was a little bit surprised uh, that it's gotten to this point, gotten this big. But, 
you know, I knew that if Callahan's son got a head coaching job, he was probably going to go. Right. Uh, I thought they might make a change at running back as coach. But the fact that it's gotten to this point where the entire staff is going to be new uh, and maybe, you know, Chad O'Shea, his closest friend on the, on, on the staff was AVP, and they still didn't need a receivers coach. They still need a bunch of coaches. So uh, may not be done. It's a completely new offensive staff. And uh, given the kind of season they just had, it is surprising. But when you think about it, what does this all come back to? Deshaun Watson. And he wasn't part of the run they had late in the year. And he when not. he did play, it was like this all over again. And it can't be like that if this team's going to be a true Super Bowl contender. That's, that's fair. Do you think, well, since O'Shea and AVP are really close, do you think it'll be in a scenario where AVP is like, hey, I'll offer you a position on the Patriots then? Yeah. And you think he'd take it? I don't, well, it's not his to offer, but he would definitely recommend Yeah, recommend O'Shea. it, yeah. O'Shea was in New England a decade before he was in Cleveland. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, I just, that would be something to watch out for. It wouldn't shock me. All right, so looking at the, the Browns team defensively, you know, everybody's talking about we need to get these wide receiver too, but I want to look on the defensive side of the ball. Opposite of Miles, do you think they bring back Zadarius Smith or do you? how do you think they address that other defensive end spot? I think we're kind of in the hamster wheel again where maybe they bring him back, maybe they look around. If they get wide receiver two or wide receiver one, then maybe they don't spend a lot of money at defensive end. If they strike out everywhere at receiver, mm-hmm. maybe they're like, well, let's spend some more money defensively, right. get a bigger defensive end or, uh, you know, another player defensively. I think it just kind of depends yeah. what opportunities are there. But going into this offseason, receiver, from everything I've heard, yeah. is the priority. Now, okay. it may not happen yeah. this offseason. It might be next offseason. But in the short, medium, short term, that's where they're looking. And Andrew Berry, you know, obviously, you can't believe what he says in a press conference. He said, oh, no, it's not the biggest priority, but obviously it is. And you're saying you're hearing that. I mean, are they – do you believe they'll be – because there's a lot of, you know, number one or at least borderline number one free free agent wide receivers here. Now, probably Pittman will get franchised, and I think T. Higgins will get franchised. We'll see. They should if they can't sign him. But guys like Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown, Mike Evans. Mike Evans would be the name to watch. Okay, really? Mm -hmm. Even though he's not, they're looking, you know, obviously we've been talking about a speed guy. Mike Evans is not really a speed guy at this point. He also just. But he's a great player. He he produces. He's kind of like Amari in that way where when, and and Mike has probably, well, now Amari's been, you know, healthy until the last couple of years. And even he's played through injuries, but that's a reliable, you know, he's older, but again, Time is now. Like this. But is you not, think they're going to be aggressive after that group of guys? Yeah, and I don't know. So, like you said, what if T. Yeah. Higgins gets tagged? Yeah. What if Pittman goes back to Indy? You know, what if Ridley, you know, resigns with Jacksonville or you know, and they yeah. don't, they they might not be able to offer the most to all these guys, sure. right? Like they're pretty tapped out. I mean, they're the most expensive team in the NFL. They have cap space because of the way they've manipulated uh, right. the salary cap, but. Uh, they were the most expensive team in the NFL this past season. They're going to be the next season, probably the year after that. So there are, is a limited, there's limited resources to what they can do. And I don't know that they have a, the scratch to make a big trade. I mean, receivers right. are going for two first round picks. They don't yeah. even have one to trade. And that Amari Cooper deal that they made, I mean, like that, oh. that might be the best move that Andrew Barry has made. Uh, they got him for I a fifth rounder him. right before everybody was going for two first rounders. And Amari's a Pro Bowl uh, player. Well, well, where would they be at that position without him? Sunk. Maybe. I mean, they were, they were probably thinking by now they could move off him, but they haven't been able to develop anybody else at the position, so obviously they got to keep him. David Bell was their number two receiver, basically going into the playoffs. Oh, okay. I mean, because Elijah was banged up. Yeah. Tillman had the concussion. Marquise Goodwin never got going. Who else am I forgetting, Jason? I mean, they just never. No, now, that covers they, rated DPJ. Thankfully for them, David Njoku became a sure. Pro Bowl top five tight end in the NFL, which I, I didn't see that coming. Not to this level. When they no. extended him, they yeah. were that was a home run contract as well. So they, they have enough, but as we've seen in the AFC, you're probably going to need more. You think they restructured Deshaun? I think they're going to do it every offseason until the end of time. 
Hey, listen, there are plenty of bad things to say about Jimmy Haslam. I've ripped him a thousand times. He spends. The one thing you can say, he's he spends a ton of money. He don't care. I'll give him gives, They would not be able to do what they've been doing. No. they can't. You wouldn't be able to do all these contract restructures if the owner was like, I can't pay, yeah. you know, the, the highest going. salary in the NFL for yeah. a, you know, a team that's that true. doesn't even win its division. Not to mention they convert a lot of that to signing bonus that's due right now. Yeah. Or, or it's like the to. NBA equivalent of like they're a luxury tax team, but they're not, you know, a top four or five team in their in their conference no. like the NBA. We were talking earlier in the show about – we really hadn't talked about this before today. What do you do at tackle? Because now you basically have three starting tackles with – if Jack's healthy. Yeah. Jack and Jed, what do you do with DeWan? Our concern was if you put DeWan on the bench, he's going to be 400 pounds. Hmm. Can you trust him to – Stay disciplined. I kind of think Jack is the odd man Even out. with that salary, you think? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. He or that could be a guy they could, you know, try to move on from. I was saying the same thing. The contract is pretty big. I guess if he's healthy. I don't know off the top of my head what his, uh, do you know what his. They have money. His dead money. I, got, I got it right here for you guys. Yeah, they can't cut him. It's like $28 million yeah, he, in dead he's money. He's owed yeah. $27.5 million in Ooh. dead money. His cap hit this year is $12 million. You know, Chad was playing pretty well before the injury. It was kind of a low-key development. He really turned a corner for about a month there. It was like the San Francisco game. Until so when he got hurt, Jed played really well. I imagine they're going to leave him at left tackle. And I don't know. I don't know what they. I yeah. don't know what they do. It how is much, tricky. How much do you think? How much do you credit to Jed, Dewan, or Bill Callahan? Because you know he's gone now. So do you think that production continues to go the same with Dickerson? I don't know. Bill Callahan was a top three yeah. offensive line coach in the NFL and. We never talked about their tackles late in the year because they were fine, you know. They were serviceable, yeah. Yeah, they were like yeah. they weren't great, but no. the, you didn't notice them getting beat. Um, and their schemes have always been really good in the run game. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a big loss. It's not like they're not going to be able to, you know. Joel Batonio is still an All Pro. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Teller, but yeah. they they've got enough to be good. But it, it is a loss, and you're going to really feel it. When they have these injuries, and it's like, you know, Michael Dunn's out there, and yeah. Blake yeah. Hans, and they don't miss a beat. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to be like that. You know, it's interesting, too, because, you know, we mentioned the tackles, but uh, Wyatt Teller was like a fifth-round pick, and he got traded to the Browns for nothing. Seventh-rounder. That was John Dorsey, I believe. Right. Yeah, was Dorsey. No, but my point is, because like— they missed on the other Bill guard Callahan, that drafted. I mean, if Wyatt Teller would have just stayed in Buffalo, maybe he would have never Turn. been his player. Yeah, Wyatt you Teller know. definitely developed. It's a great point. Yeah. yeah. What so. do you think about the running back after Nick Chubb? Obviously, Nick Chubb is – Well, is Nick Chubb first definitely going to be back? Yeah, I guess so. Well, two things with Nick Chubb. <laughs> yeah, when is he going to be back? Yeah. I think he's going to be back in Cleveland. I think they're going to figure it out. Okay. But when is he back? Don't think it's going to be for week one. And then when he gets back, wow. what does he look like? Are you comfortable with Jerome Ford again? So – I think that they will draft a running back. Okay. They should. They think? I think third, fourth, fifth round, somewhere oh, in that range. Oh, they're going to get Blake Orham. Yeah, they're gonna, they, no, they, he'll be drafted for the third round, though. I don't think he's going to oh. be. I don't think he's going to test that well. But I think. I think when I look at Blake Horn, the reason I say that is because he is kind of like a Kareem Hunt in a in a smaller body. Very good short yardage. He does not fumble yeah. the football, and he converts and scores touchdowns on the one or two yard line. I could see Chubb at yeah. least initially being the Kareem Hunt back, being kind of the short yardage. Huh. Hunt's they gone, right? They're not bringing him back, are they? I don't think they bring Hunt. Back. <coughs> no, no. So you have Pierre Strong. You'll have yeah. you'll have Jerome. You'll have Chubb, and then you would have this hypothetical running back from the Sunbelt Conference who probably right. would be <laughs> more than serviceable. You know? yeah. <laughs> Seems like every year there's a, a running back out of the Sunbelt yeah. who can play. Um, I thought Chubb, that week and a half before he got hurt, was the best he had ever looked. He looked phenomenal. He was averaging more than six. I thought he was yeah. going to run for like 1,800 yards if he'd what? stayed healthy. <laughs> he he was unstoppable. It was such a shame he got yeah. hurt. 
And mm. I'm just, you know, he's getting older, same leg. He is. The only reason I, I feel like I think of him like I thought of Adrian Peterson. If anybody can come back no doubt. great from it, it's Nick Chubb. No doubt. You no, know nobody's going to outwork him. No question. But mm. it's going to be tough. And, and yeah. I, I don't know. Now, could Chubb get back and be a 1,000-yard rusher again? Sure. Is he going to be the same player? That's going to be tough. It, it is tough, yeah. With, that, with the second-round pick, what do you think they do with it? What would you like them to do? I mean, again, it depends, but I wouldn't rule out wide receiver again. That's exactly where I'd go. Yeah. Now, do you think they draft one, or do you think they trade it for try and trade for another receiver? Like, no, like Elijah with, Moore. I, like I, Elijah. I, again, it depends. So, like, let's say they sign Mike Evans, right? Then I don't think you trade that pick no, for a receiver, yeah. but you could still draft another. Right, right. I That's mean, they were, they were low-key depleted at receiver at the end of the year, and even yeah. the guys that were hurt, like, I don't know what to make of Cedric Tillman. I don't know what to make of Elijah right. Moore. I don't know what to make of Marquise Goodwin. It, it's not like other than Amari, you had someone super reliable right. that was consistent that you could really count on. And I thought Elijah started to come on late in the year when Joe Flacco took over, but yeah. then he got hurt. And it, was, it was hard to, 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 to really evaluate where he was. I know Tillman was just drafted last year, but David Bell and Elijah Moore, do you think they're both locks to be on the roster next year? Locks to be on the roster. I mean, I, I wouldn't call them locks, but probably. Probably. Yeah. All right, last thing. We're getting back to the coaching, we'll wrap with this. You know, obviously in the press conference, Ken Dorsey and Ash was asked about play calling. Stefanski preemptively, before you guys could ask him, said we haven't decided yet. The, the wind seems to be blowing that Dorsey's going to call the plays. It also, you know, there's been rumors that this is being forced on him. Do you believe it's being forced on him? And do you think Ken Dorsey will call plays? I think Stefanski has enough juice in the building now that they can't force him to do anything. Okay. I mean, we're talking about Coach of the Year probably, maybe twice in four years. Yeah, yeah. Um, deservingly so. I mean, what he did this year with the, the different quarterbacks and the injuries was, was outstanding. He's going to be the, the, the medium to long-term coach of the future here in Cleveland. But I think that – had Alex Van Pelt stayed, they would have just gone status quo. The fact that they made the move has given them the opportunity to reevaluate, and I think that's what's happening right now. But yeah. I am with you. It is. It does feel like it's trending toward Dorsey calling right. plays. I think they just have to work through it. You know, Dorsey had only been there just a few days right. before that press conference. I yeah, think they're gonna fair. they're gonna talk some more. But yeah, if if you ask me where I would bet today, I would bet that that Ken Dorsey is. The play caller, and this is not an indictment on Kevin, because I think Kevin's a brilliant play caller. It's just that the system that they want to run is not Kevin's mo. He's not. He doesn't come from right. You know, five wide RPO, whatever right. they're going to do, and you know, it's just been choppy with with that. I don't know that, that that's necessarily Kevin's fault, but I think they're just trying to get some different ideas in here again. That's interesting. That's why they made the move initially. They. Trying yeah. to get Watson to – this is a huge year for, for Watson. No doubt. With Dorsey, make break. with Dorsey coming here, does that make Gabe Davis more attractive? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to even do it with Gabe Davis. I, I'm, just saying, I'm, just, I'm just saying because his offensive coordinator Gabe is Davis not, is you know? Elijah Moore 2.0. So, uh, I'm not that's the only reason I bring it up. And is Stefanski fair? Stefan did. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I don't, sure. They act like it's crazy talk. <laughs> I think it'll happen. It's All right. It should. It should happen already. Good stuff, Jake. Appreciate it. Now, if they in. wait till after Thursday, if Price is going up. If he wins that second coach, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you're Kevin, up. you're probably yeah. like, well, let's see if I win this. I'm not in any hurry to sign yeah. the extension. All right, Jake. Thanks for staying. Awesome, guys. Appreciate, appreciate it. That is Jake, Jake Trotter. Trotter. Thanks, Jake. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Jake underscore Trotter. Always a pleasure having Jake in here. A reminder tonight, 5 o'clock, Earl the Pearl, the ultimate 216 show, makes its debut. If you're not watching, the question is, what are you doing instead? Nothing better than what Earl has to say, a little sports culture mix here. And it is happening at 5 o'clock. You check out all of our ultimate spinoff shows on our YouTube channel. They have individualized playlists. And speaking of Earl the Pearl, he's going to join us real quick with a Black History Month update and spotlight. So, Earl, who are we, who are we focusing on today? All right, what's good, UCSS? Today we are going to spotlight Sherman Jocko Maxwell. So, in 1929... Uh, Sherman Maxwell became the first ever black sports uh, sportscaster. Uh, he began at 22 years old at WNJR in New Jersey. Throughout the 1930s, interviewed many of the biggest stars in sports. 
He was also the public address announcer for the Negro League's Newark Eagles and would go on to become a prominent scholar on black baseball. Despite his many accomplishments, there were many times when Maxwell was not paid for his work by white broadcast outlets. So today, we put the spotlight on Sherman Jocko Maxwell. I have not heard. I have never heard, heard, of, heard of Sherman. Never heard of him either. Good pull. Maxwell, that's a good one. And He uh, wasn't getting paid. Oh, yeah. That, 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 it's a lot of stuff that happened back in the day. Up, it, it, what? I, you ain't going to pay me? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm trying to remember the <laughs> name of the broadcaster. There was a guy, if you saw the, it's based on the true story. If you saw the Jackie Rob, the most recent Jackie Robinson movie, 42, there was a guy who the team basically hired to, he was a media member to cover Jackie Robinson and they became friends. And I can't think of his name, but anyway, he'd probably be an interesting guy to highlight too. But uh, anyway, that's cool that he, I mean, not cool that he didn't get paid, but it's, it's, it's cool. We give him some recognition. Great tribute. That most people didn't know. And Earl's going to continue to do this. We're going to try doing it daily here on UCSS. It's definitely daily on his Twitter account. So if you're not following Earl, make sure you guys tune in. You'll learn something. I've learned something. None of us knew who Sherman Jocko Maxwell was before today. So you'll leave a better person listening to Earl. Oh, I know. I got his nickname now. Yeah, Jocko. Jocko. His nickname, Jocko. That's your homework, Earl. Yeah, that's my homework. You might catch it on the Ultimate 216 show tonight. All right. Awesome. Five o'clock. All right, guys, you guys ready for a little No Fence Riders Cavs midseason edition? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. None of these are unanimous, by the way. None of these are unanimous. We have a six-pack of questions. As you guys know, No Fence Riders, it's a yes or no answer. No middling. It's definitive. And let's get to it. First question. Will the Cavs make any type of move, any type, before the NBA trade deadline at 3 p.m. this afternoon? Bull and Jay said yes. The rest of us said no. Jay's not here, so Bull, tell I, us why you think the Cavs Jason, make a move. I'm changing my. I assumed. <laughs> I assumed they would do something minor on the back end. Have you know because you want as many good depth pieces as possible in case there's some injuries in the sure. playoffs. So I assumed they would do something to improve their 11th, 12th player, whatever it is, to have a you know a good veteran in those last spots. But Jason made the point before the show that he thinks they're more likely to do that in the buyout market. So because after he talked to me about that, I'll change my mind. But it could, you could go get a big on the buyout market, possibly. Yeah. Possi- and I don't have names because we don't know who these guys are going to be yet. You could find a back. I, I think a backup point guard is actually a position of need. Right. Because yeah, really, sure. you, I haven't had one all year. Well, what about what about a third center in case of injury? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. might need one. You need a two because the other one is what's the old horse? What? What y'all call it? Horse vitamins? Yeah, he on horse vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys want a couple potential buyout candidates? Actually, yeah, who you got? <laughs> I found an article yesterday. Someone sent it to me. Uh, this is from Spotrack. So Keith Smith. Are you familiar with Keith? Jason? Never heard of it. I have no idea who that is. Well, these are just potential buyout guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Andre Drummond? He, he was here. Yeah, I want to say that. That's not happening again. Well, I, don't, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, but I would be surprised. Who? Yeah. Evan Fournier? We just talked about uh, him. I, don't, I would, yeah, I wouldn't actually mind that very much. He's a point guard, right? Yeah. Combo guard. Uh, Joe Harris? Great shooter. Man, what happened to that guy? Why is he not playing? He's not playing. Fell off. Great shooter. Right? Lost the shot. He's had some injury problems <laughs> yeah. in his career. How, is he? He's not playing a lot this year, is he? Mike? Joe Harris is not playing a lot this year, no. I couldn't even tell you he's where he the is. He's on the Pistons. He's on the Pistons. I thought he was still on the Nets. Yeah. That's got to be a miserable to be a veteran I'd, on the Pistons. I would take Joe Harris back in a second. Yeah, why not? A couple more names. Uh, Kyle Lowry for your veteran backup point Man, guard, Jason, championship experience. I mean, 37. he's fine for a backup point guard. Well, that's yeah. what we're talking about yeah. here. You know, we we're talking need, about guys who are not going to play right much. Now, you, I mean, Donovan is your backup point guard right now, really. I mean, with Darius. Is he their point guard, technically, well, in a way? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. Craig, Craig Porter Jr., as great as he's been, he's not going to play playoff minutes for you. And right. maybe none of these guys that we're talking about will. But if really what you need is you need someone – possibly for, like, end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter. Like, four-minute stretch, end of the first quarter, oh, end of the I second mean, quarter. Kyle, Kyle Lowry's Lowry perfect. perfect. He'd be fine for that. He'd be fine for Playing that. eight minutes a game? Yeah. That's stealing. Yeah, be That'd be stealing. Yeah, no, I'd be okay Just with two Kyle more Lowry. names real quick. Uh, Patty Mills, another veteran point guard who has yes. championship experience. Yes, and a guy with maybe the most upside of all the candidates. Always hurt. Never know what you're getting with him. But Victor Oladipo. 
Who's another combo guard? That guy was an all-star, and then he's barely played yeah. since then. Because he got Can't hurt. Can't stay healthy. Yeah, he hurt. I mean, again, I would, you know what? I would actually circle that one because Dan loved him coming out of the draft. Oh, Victor really? Oladipo? Yeah. Dan loved Oladipo. I'd take Victor he's still, Oladipo. When he's been healthy lately, he's been serviceable, right? For what his role is, yeah. Didn't he yeah. just get Can't traded? Can't rely on him, but. He didn't get tra- Where is I he like he's been Rockets? on a million teams the last few years. He's he with, is he with the Rockets right now? He was with Miami. Uh, oh, he got traded for Terry Rose. No. Wait, yeah, he got traded for Terry. Where Rozier, in the he? world is Victor Oladipo? Is he in Charlotte now? He's on the Grizzlies right now. Oh. You named about eight teams. <laughs> and you didn't get the one he was on. All right, next fence rider question. <laughs> yeah. Number two. This is a simple one. It was a 4-3 split. Yeah. Are the Cavs one of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference right now? Bull. Tyvis, myself, and Earl all said yes. Jason, G, and J, not buying. See, let me tell you why they're wrong. Because they're going to say the Bucks. Well, but here's the thing. The question says right now. Right now. now. Yeah, that's what I said. And they've won 17 (laughs) of 18. 15 of 16. 15 of 16. Yeah, I know. But I I still put Milwaukee and Boston above. Certainly Boston, yeah. And... Milwaukee, I think, is going to be just fine come the playoffs. I said earlier today, I thought, I think, the, I kind one, of view the one Bucks and, one and four in the last five. Yeah, but I kind of view the Bucks as sort of the Chiefs, where we kept saying all year, "What's the matter?" Yeah, with I'm them? not. It'd be stupid to, to count Bowl. the Bucks out. I mean, well, they, they got literally the best player of all time. <laughs> I all right, whatever. <laughs> but a Giannis game combo in the playoffs, like they're going to have trouble guarding teams, and Mike isn't as high on the Bucks as I am. Why? Like, because they can't, they, can't, they can't stop anyone. That's but, right. But the right. Bucks are a better matchup in the playoffs for the Cavs than the Celtics, right? Yes. So that's not crazy to say, but so, I would agree with that. Right now, it feels like it's between the the, the Cavs. We'll see. I mean, the Bucks too. But I think we're all assuming that in the end, the Bucks will finish as the two seed. Maybe I'm wrong, but it would be huge for the Cavs to be the two or even the three versus being the four. Two is more important. Two is huge. Yeah. Two gets you a play-in team, right? Rather than right the sixth seed and home field and, home, and court home court in the second round. Now the the one thing, the one wild card. I think we mentioned this the other Miami. day. Miami. Well, I was thinking I'd say Philly. Oh, if I guess it either comes of back because they're gonna they're crap. gonna go down the tubes now. Right? Philly's gonna slide. Yeah. Philly's gonna slide a little bit. They're done. The worst thing the Cavs. I won't say worst. Well, if not be, if Embiid's not back. No, he'll be back for the playoffs. You sure? Yeah, I think he will be. And if we got to play the if Knicks you have here. to catch Philly in the oh, first round, that would suck. That would be a bear of a matchup in the first round. Will they drop all? Could they drop all the way to? Well, well the Cavs depends are, where the Cavs end. Yeah, up. the Cavs are only a game out of four. Yeah, right. Like they're all those teams are real. Yeah, tied in together. The you know, Knicks is that close too? Oh, they're oh, all the Knicks are right there. Yeah, Knicks, are, bunch Knicks right. are the hottest team in the league besides the Cavs. And by the way, so Philadelphia is in fifth right now. They're eight and a half games back, three and a half of the Cavs. They're only two games ahead of the Pacers for six and three games ahead of the Heat for seven. So that's all a jambalaya. I mean, they could I mean, Philly easily could fall into the play-in. They've been terrible without Embiid this year. Yeah, Philly could easily fall into the play-in. Yeah. But if they have Embiid, I like their odds of getting out of the play-in. The, play, when they're, the play-in, the two does – the, the, does the lowest-seeded team play the one no matter what no, seed so it is? No, so seven plays ten – or seven plays eight. Winner of that gets the seven seed. Oh, that's right. I forgot and about that. And then the that. loser plays the winner of nine versus ten. So, in theory, if the Cavs ended the two seed, could play you, Philly in the first round. You gotta hope that Philly drops all the way to nine. And I, I'm scared to listen. They could beat Miami, but Miami's got some sort of wonky. Yeah, magic. well, they got the I would best not coach. Feel comfortable yep. having to play my. They, I would pick the Cavs. I'm just yeah. saying they got some sort of voodoo <laughs> magic. Spolster the best coach in the NBA. This is, right now. I think he is. This yes. is sad that we sitting here. And trying to duck and dodge to you. No, no, that's, that's all right. That's sad. By the well, way, I'm, I'm, so, I'm just saying. We're just circling the. Well, circling by the way, but, Mike, but the question was, are they one of the best two seasons? And we got to sit here and I talk said about yes. ducking and dodge. How can we no, say that? No, you're fair. Yes. You're fair. No, listen. That's why I said no. You're right. No, <laughs> I, should, you're right. I should be saying. Point, we should all be saying that. It's a no. fair point. But it's right now. It's not who's going to be the best team at well, the end right of the year. Well, right now, I still think Milwaukee's better. By the way, Tim Tom, uh, Thibodeau deserves credit yeah, because yeah. they're winning with a bunch of injuries too. Yeah, 
He's a great coach. Tibbs is a great coach. But he always wears out his welcome eventually, He grinds his guys into dust. He burns hot and fast. He'll be gone in a couple years. They're a big team. That's why they They were such a problem for the Cavs last year. All right, next one. But the Cavs are a better team. And one last thing real quick. Who did they play? All right, well, I'll do it later. Go ahead, Mike. Before we go to the next one. they played us? The Knicks. The Bucs, right? Oh, the Heat. They lost to the Heat. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Once again, I said they're top two teams. I'm not scared of anybody. I think the Cavs could win. I'm just saying, in a perfect world, you'd much rather not face those teams in a playoff scenario. Yeah, in a perfect world, you're playing Indiana in the first round. You would love to play Indiana in the first round. Question number three. Will Evan Mobley attempt 75 three-pointers? By the end of the season, I did the math for you guys. There's 33 games left. That is 2.3 threes per game. Will he attempt 75 by the end of the regular season? Myself and Jason said yes. The rest of y'all said I no. hope you guys are right. I just, I mean, I felt I was guilted into this. I had to. I'm, <laughs> I'm the one saying I want him to shoot 100. I do too, but I I, I would know. love for him to, but I think it's going to be nice where he don't shoot a three at all. I have. I, I mean, guess. after last night, I feel a little bit better about because I still only took two. 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 I know. I know. And yeah, you so, said he need to shoot three, right? Oh, he took three. I. Oh, no, no two. two. Yeah, two, two, two and three. He needs to shoot 2.3 to average out to exactly. Right. He's only five. shot more than two, I think, twice this year. But I do yes. think as they go in more, they're going to start going up more, too. Uh, probably right. So, that this is the one I feel least comfortable about. But after every the last week and a half I've had of saying Evan Mobley needs to shoot more threes, mm-hmm. I can't come out here and say, no, he's not going to get to 75 right. when I've been advocating for 100. So, yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I feel least confident in this. But. Okay. The All good right. thing about shooters, and that's going to lead us to our next question, but when you start making shots, it seems like you get more shots. Your teammates mm-hmm. are more willing to pass and make yeah. an extra pass. If you know if Evan Mobley wasn't comfortable shooting and Donovan Mitchell has a decent look, you know him taking a decent look over passing to an Evan Mobley who's not going to shoot that kind of falls out of what you can do. If Mobley's confident stepping up and shooting it, the ball's going to find him open on the perimeter. That's a good point. Now it's up to him to shoot with confidence, step into the shots, know you're going to make them. And if he does that, 2.3 per game, in my opinion, is not crazy for the amount of opportunities he should be able to get. So. Mike uh, answering that question just like a point guard would. He's right. thinking like a point That's guard. Right. Go ahead, Mike. Next up, uh, I want to tell you guys, this, before we bring this up, Steve, don't take this. This was a 4-3 split. I'm actually mad at the three people who said no. Just telling you, I'm, I'm actually mad at the three people who said no because it's a disrespectful answer. Mm. Did I the say question that? is, will Sam Merrill finish the season shooting 40% or better from three? Oh, I see. I think and I'm I just going to tell you all right now, Jason Bull and Jay all said no, and I am actually mad at you guys. That is insulting to the world's single second best shooter in the history of the universe right now. Behind who? Why would y'all think that behind he Evan wouldn't? Well, he's shooting I, I think he's saying behind you. No, I can never shoot. I he's shooting like 44%. He's shooting 44%. That's a really high right clip to keep up. Here's why I thought he, he ain't going to shoot. He ain't going to keep shooting it like Here's this. what I, I thought. He's playing less. He's going to get less shots. He's going to be in rhythm less. And he's not going to make as many. I, you look at his field three-point percentage the last two years when he didn't shoot much. He was terrible. I See, I said for the exact opposite. I said he ain't going to play a lot. When he get in, so it'd be he, hard for it he to drop that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, yesterday he was what one of three, I think. One of three yesterday, correct? It's gonna be, it's gonna be really hard. That's like trying to bat four hundred in baseball all he year long. Shoot it's two. really hard to keep it. He gonna that shoot high two and go fifty percent. It's for the way rest harder of the year. to bat four hundred in baseball than hit forty percent on time, When's the last time somebody? Why? Well, I mean, Steph. Yeah, yeah, shot forty percent right. from three. How you're many right. people have hit forty percent from three in the last ten years? A lot. You guys are out of your mind. Yeah, that's what I'm no, saying. Let him know, McNuggets. I mean for him, for him, a guy of his caliber, our, to uh, shoot at 40%. All right, right now, there are 45 players shooting 40% from three in the NBA. <laughs> oh, my but God. Sam, but <laughs> you know who leads the uh, – I'll read you the top couple. Grayson Allen leads the NBA in three-point percentage. He's shooting five threes per game. He's shooting 49%. Malik oh Beasley. Aaron Neesmith, second in the NBA in threes. Yeah. He's shooting five. He's shooting 46%. By the way, isn't that a sign that it's time to move the three-point line back? No. All right, here. Let me just read you the I think I should take out the corner three. That I'm more in favor yes. of. Let me read you guys of the 40 players who are shooting over 40% from three on at least three attempts per game. So we're taking out the guys who are shooting one. We'll run through this real quick because we got a little bit of time. I'm taking out the stars. So, like, Durant's on this, Kawhi. These are just non-stars. Grayson Allen, Aaron Neesmith, Malik Beasley, Luke Kennard, 
Norman Powell, Sam Merrill, Doug McDermott, Lonnie Walker, Marcus Sasser, Gary Trent, Isaiah Joe, Kaysen Wallace, Dante DiVincenzo, D'Angelo Russell, Sam Hauser, Nas Reed, Dario Sarge, Emmanuel Quickly, Trey Lyles, Josh Green, Jamal Murray, Alex Caruso, Jeremy this Grant, Derek White, Aaron Holiday, <laughs> Alex Burke. These are all the <laughs> non-stars. Yeah. Non -stars. There's like six guys there I never heard of. <laughs> for, yeah. for him to do it, though, I think it's going to be really hard to stay at that level. I Maybe think, I'm wrong. I, I think I'm going to flip-flop. I didn't realize it was so easy to hit 40% for these guys. I'm telling yeah. you. I'm flip-flopping again. He's at 44 right now. God. He's at 44. He's so he's going to have to shoot. In the NBA. He's going to have to shoot probably because he's going to shoot less. He's going to have to shoot like 33% the rest of the year to well, be under 40. He's going to have to keep shooting at a really high clip to stay in the rotation or he's out. That's true. Which is also why if he falls out of the rotation and he's over 40%, then... Uh, then he's just going to stay there probably. He's not going oh, to play true. garbage time. That's but true. also Sam Merrill is a flamethrower. Like, Sam Merrill, I mean, he wakes up and shoots 50% from three. Sam Merrill backwards shoots 50% from three. Sam Merrill with his left hand shoots 50% mm. from three. So far, he's got a... He, he's getting some CWP right now, Mike. Let's be honest. What's CWP? Come on. Something white. C I'm, I'm sorry. C I meant CWH. Yes, I was going to say, CWP makes no sense. CWH. <laughs> Crazy white hype. No. He just said, man, that's, I just wish I could have played like Sam Merrill. Why do you always have to make it about race? I'm joking. It's always, Shut up. It's All right, next one. Guys. So, Earl the Pearl is not sitting next to us. He had uh, he leaves a little early on Thursdays because he goes to therapy at 1 o'clock and then comes back does a show. So, he's not sitting here, but this was a question because something Earl said earlier on the show got caught up in uh, the Cavs' Twitter sphere, and I was hoping he was here to defend himself, but he's not. Number five. Will Darius Garland be a staple in the Cavs' crunch time lineup by the end of the season? On Monday, Earl said no. But he's changed his answer. The only one that says no now is Jay because he's not here. Oh, no. Anthony, you screwed that one up royally. Yeah. Absolutely royally. Only person who said no on this answer is Jay. Anthony totally botched the graphic here. Anthony, Damn. terrible job out of you. Ooh. Anthony's got sick brain. <laughs> so the real answer, ignore what the graphic says. Yeah. Everyone said yes, but Jay. Jay didn't answer, so I put him in the no. Jay's category. prisoner of the moment. <laughs> Jay didn't answer, so Mike put him in a no. Oh, oh, he didn't answer? <laughs> Jay did not answer, so I put him in a no. That's yeah. great. He skipped that one. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, he was in the clo closing lineup yesterday. He better be in the closing lineup. Of course Darius, he will be. Darius is definitely going to be. Like, it's, you don't really have a choice. Who else is the other? What's the other people option? that say, Jay probably would have said no, because Jay and Earl are the two most prisoner of the moment guys on this show. A G is kind of also. He's prisoner of the moment also. But the three of us are the least prisoner of the moment people. And so we all said yes because we know that he's one of their best players. So, yeah. of course, he's going to be in the lineup down the stretch. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out who you putting in there outside of him. Yeah, no. Nobody. Who I mean, putting? their best five right now does not include him. But that doesn't right. matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's better by the end of the year. Yeah. That's when it matters. All right, Mike, next. All right, last one. And this one... It was uh, not unanimous. Anthony got this right. I double-checked. So, Anthony, bad job last time. Good job this time. And I'm going to ask the second part of this question. So, the question is, will a Cavalier not named Donovan Mitchell score at least 35 points in a game before the end of the regular season? Jason G., Tyvis, myself, and Earl said yes. Bull and Jay said no. So, Bull, tell us why no first. For the yesers, including myself, let's talk about who we think will be the player to score more than 30 points. Well, Bull, you're up uh, first. So, my thought is that even though scoring is obviously way up and there's a lot of great players scoring more points than ever, 35 for most players is still not easy. It's not common. The only person I thought had a chance to do it would be Darius Garland. And I just, how many times has Darius Garland scored 35 in his career? I'll look it up on sec. I mean, what would be your guess, Jason? How many times? Quite a few done? times. Quite That's a few? who you yeah. picked to do it? No, I'm saying nobody. You, I don't think he'll score Are you 35. saying he's the only person that you think could Yeah, do I mean, is Mobley going to score 35? Oh, it's Karis LeVert. He always do it once a year. I, he could I, get hot. I, I think he's going to do it once I a just, year. The way the Cavs are playing, they're moving the ball around and being unselfish. Yeah. Donovan, who's clearly the best player, is the biggest volume shooter on the team. Everybody else, you know, and even Donovan is moving the ball. They're a more Actually, balanced team than ever. Assists. 
Donovan is. What's that? Averaging a career high in assists. Exactly. So I, I just look at them as as a more balanced team, and there's less chucking going on than there was in the past. And so I don't think anybody else is likely to do it. Who? What do you think, Darius? I think he's given a breakout. At some point, he's given a breakout game. Yeah. He has Dar- six in his career, by the way. Darius or so and Darius only has six. That's not a ton. How many years he's been in the league? Three, four. But it's not like it's a short thing. No, I mean, but I, just yeah. think, I think he's going to have a breakout game. But he could score 29, and that's a breakout game, right? Yep. So I guess he better get six more. <laughs> Tybus, who you got, Darius? Darius or, or Karis LeVert. Those Levert. are the two. Mike, who you got? I think LeVert has a very – I mean, he's the hottest. When he makes a couple shots, he's going to go for 50. Like he, or Not he's going to go for 50, but he's looking and playing like right, he can right, score right. 50. Garland – only has to make a couple threes. Niang got close. He had 34 in a game this year. Jason and I were at the Bucks game when he didn't miss a game. Max Struess could get red hot. Sam Merrill could make 12 threes Not in a game. Night. I mean, there are chances. Evan Mobley. Sam Merrill? If he goes 12 for 13 from three, then yeah, <laughs> there's a love. chance. Come on but, now, I mean, Evan Mobley, if he keeps shooting threes, he had 22 on not 10 shots. He had 28 against that's San Antonio. a big jump from 22 not to 35. Uh, and you Allen said over 35, so that means they got to score 36. That is true. I, my best bet is Mitch, uh, not Mitchell, Darius Garland, excuse me. I'd put All second right. on Karis LeVert. And third, Max Struess is due to have a game where he makes 9, 10 threes. I'm, I'm serious. He's coming What's out Max of Struess's strong- career high in points? Max Struess? He's had a couple of big games. Yeah, I don't know. Off Didn't uh, um, Donka hit Padonka? Who? I meant to say Luka Doncic, and I said Donka. Oh. Uh, Levert's career high is 32. Not Levert. Uh, oh, Struz. I love to say, no, he's So you're saying Struz, he's never done it his whole career. Now he's going to do it? I ain't. I, I Let's make it one more three. I wouldn't put, put him. I no, he'd have to get more than that because he got to score 36. You said over 35, didn't you? Well, well yeah, well, he's going to get fouled it's a, it's li- play. Realistically, it's two maybe with a potential of third. The third potential is Evan Mobley. Has Evan Mobley ever scored 36? Yeah, he had 38 against the Rockets last season. Uh, so he's one time he's done it in That's three what I said. Years. It's two that I know can do it, and yeah. it's a third and a potential mm. third. Jared Evan, Allen's career high is 30. Evan yeah. scored that 28, and he looked really good. He could have kept going. Mm. All right. Evan Mobley had 38 twice, actually. Really? See? Against the All Bucks. Right. Hey, listen, yeah, the, it's no, cool you, if they do. I just no, look at them as no a balanced team that's not going to do that. No, you're Cavaliers. Uh, right, I do think also with the Cavs, uh, and then we're going to talk about some other trades that have happened, by the way, because there are some big yeah. non-Cavs trades that affect the Cavs in a sec. The way the they made 23 threes against the yeah, Kings on Monday. Got. Yeah. If they shoot like that, they just have a game where they catch fire. One of these guys could, could just be a breakout. Like Niang th- scoring 34, came out of the blue. No one saw that coming. All right. So. All right, some trades, by the way. Yeah. The New York Knicks – Acquired Bojan Bogdanovic. That's what I thought that said. Boyan. From the Detroit Pistons. Boyan. It's Boyan. Boyan. That's what I thought that said. And said. Alec Burks. In a, they they oh traded Quentin Grimes gosh. and a bunch of second-round picks. But he is a Alec Burks six, had eight. been there. Wasn't he originally he's, there? He's a throw-in. Yes. He's a salary match. Bogdanovic is a good shooter. Yes, they traded Bogdanovic and Burks for Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, Ryan, Archer Diacono, and two second-round picks. Which was Grimes? Did he play much for them? Yeah, Grimes was their starting two guard. They just did the Knicks a favor. That's crazy. But it just gives them another six eight wing who can shoot. Man, they are a huge team, aren't they? If they're all healthy, if they're all healthy, yeah, they go Jalen Brunson, who's a small guard, six eight Ananobi at the two, six eight Bogdanovich at the three, six nine six ten Randall, and seven one Mitchell Robinson. That's a giant and then supersized. And they bring Hartenstein off the bench. Hartenstein off the bench. They still have Josh Hart, who may be a starter. He's six five six. Yeah, he's a great. He can play any position. And then two years later, they're gonna have the Knicks. They're really good. The The, Knicks. The Knicks are matching up with Boston. I think that's their. That's exactly what that move is. They're just they're just trying to match Boston. Size for size. The Knicks are good. They I are mean, good. They, they're a good team. It's, it's going to be. When do uh, we play them again? Uh, the I Knicks know, schedule. Man. I'm pulling it up right I, here. I don't know that they go back. But the Cavs, you know what? But the Cavs are good too. March yeah, 3rd, by the way. In it, Cleveland, yeah. March 3rd. I don't think they go back to New York. I think they're done. I think that's it. That's the last game in yeah. Cleveland, March 3rd, on ESPN, nationally televised Yeah, I, I just, you know. Get, get me. your tickets I, I'm enjoy- I, I am, have come around, <laughs> game time. and I'm enjoying <laughs> the season. You're watching every I, game now. I still want the – I'm still looking forward to the playoffs the most. Oh, I can't yeah, wait to see. Sure. Yeah. Because it'll be good. I mean, it's it's pretty competitive. 
They I mean, Boston's try. obviously the best team, but they're not unbeatable. Why no. would the Pistons do that? Because like, they got off salary. They, they but still, that's like they, that's like. I don't understand. Like Cap space player. is not worth what it used to be worth 10 years yeah. ago in the NBA. So I don't understand. Well, I mean, why yeah. wouldn't the Cavs have made a similar trade? Would that have made well, sense? Well, they don't have the money to match. Oh, yeah. Like All right. Say, Without we, moving key we, pieces. We in a pinch. Because you got to give up something like yeah. that. You, so what? any well, other interesting <laughs> trades, Mike? The Hornets sent Gordon Hayward to the Thunder. What has he got left in the tank, Gordon Hayward? Do we know? Not a ton, but he's on the last year of his deal. He's a veteran, and he's a pretty good shooter facilitator for the second unit for them. They gave up guys who weren't playing a lot. They gave Trey Mann and uh, Davis Bertans. The Raptors traded Dennis Schroeder to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie, which is essentially just a money-for-money move. Uh, Thad Young is coming to the Nets with Dennis Schroeder. All right, who cares? Anything else big scrolling through the timeline? Nothing. Uh, The Wizards, big deal. Daniel Gafford to the Mavericks for Rashawn Holmes and draft compensation. <coughs> Why would you even mention that trade? <laughs> uh, the but uh, oh, Daniel Gafford was kind of kicking Jared Allen's ass. Daniel for a Gafford could play. <laughs> Daniel Gafford could play. Uh, the Sixers traded Daniel House uh, for a second round pick in part of that Knicks Piston swap. The Jazz sent Kelly Olynyk and Ochai Abaji, former Cavs pick, who was traded in part for Donovan Mitchell. Would oh. Cavs fans cheer for Kelly Olynyk if he were on the team? No, even but even well. Like, I think they would just because of the Celtics. Not they ooh, hate but Kelly. Not cheer. They hate. They've, well, Kelly Olynyk like ripped Kevin Love's arm off. Cleveland. Fans I was feel, at that game in Boston, by the way. That's the first NBA. Oh, really? Game I, I was at that game cover. in Boston. Look, at you, you guys really? could have known each other. Of course, I was. I was a beat writer. Oh yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I was interning for uh, Fox Five in Boston. And oh, it was the first game. Writer. We were we were probably in the locker room together. Didn't even know. Oh. You, uh, I was in the Cavs locker. Oh, I'll tell you the Cavs locker room story. You like you like being a beat. You were in the Cavs locker room after the game. Yeah, I saw something on my eyes. I'll never forget. Oh boy. After game one, when Kevin said it was a dirty play, you were in there? The game where he got his shoulder ripped out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we were totally in the same room together. Look at that. Yeah. Small world. Our pass crossed early. Uh, but, yeah, they traded him to Toronto for Kira Lewis, Otto Porter Jr. in a first-round pick. Cavs fans feel like Kelly Olynyk cost them a championship. Yeah. He did. never forgive him for yeah. that. He did. And last one, we talked about the 76ers earlier. I know yeah. you mentioned this quick, but Buddy Heald has been traded from Indiana to Philadelphia for Marcus Morris. Furkman, Korkmaz, and three seconds. You just love picks. reading those trades. It's kind of me with baseball trades. You love it. Because <laughs> most do. of those were did not you, worth mentioning. Did you say that the dude from the Grizzlies, the, the big center, got traded? That shoot? Uh, Sandy Aldama? No. Simone Fontecchio. Yeah. Fontecchio. He got traded yesterday. We got some super chats we're going to get to. Okay. Let's get them. We got a bunch. We didn't have any the last couple days. We got four, uh, five here today. Uh-oh. First one comes from DB Dog Twenty One. Let me change the super real quick. DB Dog Twenty One says, "Berkshire Hathaway now owns a hundred percent of Pilot Travel Centers. In a separate transaction during 2017 and 2023, they paid a total of 11 billion, acquiring the final 20 percent on 116 2024." Yes, Man, that's a He's lot got of bread. A lot 11 of billion dollars. That's a lot of bread. Jimmy could. Pay for the entire new stadium God. himself and not I affect too, him at all. You it's know, disgusting. That, that's that too, public money should have to go into that's that. That's too much money. Nobody should have that much money. Nobody. billion dollars. That's, that's, that's. And we have people his, living on the his street. Kids, kids, kids. People living kids. on the street in tents, Jimmy. Kids, kids, kids. And nobody kids. cares. Won't have to worry about nothing. That $11 billion. Disgusting. Oh, you know his kids and his grandkids are, they got to be douchebags probably. Swimming in it. Come on. That's All not right, next one say, comes from our guy, Charles Brass. T. Charles T. said, if Cleveland doesn't split the cost of the stadium. I'm sorry, say that again. I, I was laughing at Tyvis. Charles T. said, if Cleveland doesn't split the cost of the stadium, can we be made, can we be made if Haslam moves and build whatever he wants? If, I'm going to read that again. I don't, I'm, I'm, yeah, say it one more time. I'm not, I read it. Charles, you may have to look in the chat if Charles answers. I'm not sure that made sense. If Cleveland doesn't split the cost of the stadium, can we be made – if Haslam moves and builds whatever he wants. Keep moving it on. Keep moving on. <laughs> they can't move out of Northeast Ohio. That's yeah, the bottom line. Okay, I think if Cleveland doesn't split the cost of stadium, can we be mad, not made, can we be mad if Haslam moves and builds whatever he wants? Also, for people saying they won't pay taxes, you will end yeah. up paying super high ticket costs. 
super so high. Can you what? be mad Ticket if he leaves Cleveland and builds? Well, more it's lots. not the same people. The people paying taxes in the city of Cleveland are not necessarily the same people buying tickets. The benefit, the reason Stan Kroenke went and built the whole thing himself, is because nobody can tell you what to do. That's right. When you when you don't have public funds involved, you yeah. do whatever you want. That's right. So there is a benefit to doing it yourself. Yeah, Jimmy, do it yourself, buddy. We got people living on the street. There's people homeless. There's people hungry. Don't take tax money. I know you will, but go ahead. Uh, next one comes from Sly. Sly says, if G was here, he'd say Amani Bates over 35, easy. <laughs> he would, and he'd be wrong. <laughs> Has Amani Bates gotten 35 in the G League? That's, He's in 27, so I have to imagine. That's, 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 it's only sure. funny because he 1,000% would that's, say I mean, he would. <laughs> and you know what? There could be a game on End April of the season. 9th. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jordan, Jordan McRae had a game like that. That's right. When LeBron was here the first time, or the second time, where McRae, like, played the whole game. He was dehydrated. He had to be carried out of the locker room, and he scored, yeah. like, 40 or 50. It's like fan night, you know, when it's supposed to be celebrating the fans, except none of the good guys play, so the fans are getting screwed. And maybe you see some slappy hit a million points. Yeah. Go we got two more. They're both trade deadline Thoughts. Matthew Dinkus says the Dinkus. Cavs can the Cavs can trade Evan Mobley. Bill Simmons said so. Shrug emoji. And Dinkus then oh, said, and this will react to. We got four minutes to react to this. Matthew Dinkus says trade Darius Garland for players and assets, and trade Evan Mobley for Cade Cunningham straight up. Let's win us ourselves a championship. Is Cade Cunningham like that? Championship. That's not going to win you a championship. Is Ken? Is Cade like that? Yeah, how good is Kate I have a, he, I, He's on a horrendous team. That's what I'm saying. Is this like the yeah. Colin Sexton thing? He's better than Colin yeah, Sexton. He's better than Colin Sexton. He's just on a He's been injury prone too, hasn't he? Yeah. What do you They're not making wholesale changes like that. We've talked about these trade. We've talked about trading Darius and trading Mobley. They've happen. brought him back. They're still playing well. Maybe you found something here with Mobley shooting threes. Darius has struggled this year, but yeah. he's played in 25 games. Yeah. That's it. That's not a trade they're going to make two hours before no. the deadline. So that, no. that ship has sailed. All right, that was it for overtime. And we want to apologize, actually. We, uh, we made overtime private, not for members only. There was a little confusion on the production side of what setting it has to be in for members only for overtime. So yesterday's overtime, we talked about our favorite movies. It's a private video. No one ever saw it. <laughs> I like that you're taking the hit for some, you know, it wasn't your mistake, but you're taking the hit. I am the head leader. of production, so I, How, I, I will fall in the Before sword. we close out, do y'all know anything about this Kirk Herb Street and Dylan Rayola stuff? I saw the headline. What? I'm reading about it right Who now. Who was that second person Tell you us. mentioned? D- Kirk Herbstreit, so Dylan Rayola was a top recruit. Kirk, Dylan Rayola was like the top quarterback in the 2024 class. He was committed to Ohio State. I got flip, pee, make this quick. Flip went yeah. to Georgia, flipped Georgia, and went to Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. And he was telling a story over his recruitment that Kirk Herbstreit was one of the guys that kind of influenced him to go to Nebraska, which if you work at ESPN, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. And since, since this has come out, yeah. Kirk has not addressed it publicly, oh, but he's had other people try to address it for him. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, why, why would he do that? <laughs> would you? By the way, I'd rather talking about I'd rather talk about different colors of paint than talk about college football recruiting. Mm, people go you. nuts on Twitter. We got this great recruit. Who gives a shit? It I don't care. Why do people get so worked up about this? The Stars guy's just going to leave after one year anyway now. Who cares? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, we got this. Ah, the Buckeyes are killing hilarious. it in the recruiting game. Yeah. They are killing it in Who the recruiting cares? game. Part of the reason I had to get off the college football beat was that. I could oh. not get into recruiting. And it's it creepy. All recruiting now. And now all these high school stars, they act like a bunch of dopes when they put their hats. This one guy the other day had like four different hats. He's pretending, oh, I'm go- maybe I'm going here. And maybe I'm going here. And maybe Wait you should shut the L up. Wait a minute. You get, no. one, you get one chance to do this. No. You look like a fool. You do what you want to no. do. But I, that's how I feel. I mean, at 18, hey, we, all, we all look like a fool <laughs> at 17. You gotta make I was a total asshole when I was 17. So you would have done it. And I would call. I would have done an asshole move like that. So yeah. what are you talking about? So doesn't mean it's right. And Shut by the up, way, man, no, now, that they're get, now that they're getting, hey, guys are making money, which I'm totally okay with. They could transfer a thousand times and I don't care, but now they're open to us busting their balls. <laughs> I will up, say when I was in it, Texas, that's the number one thing that got the most views yeah. out of anything we did 
was when AM signed a recruit or AM yeah. was hosting. And that recruit. sums up why Texas is but shit. He was in college and, and, <laughs> and let them secede from the union. If Texas would go bankrupt in 10 seconds, without, <laughs> the, the red states in this country get more handouts than anybody else, like Texas. And Texas, nobody needs you. You're a lousy state. So get the hell out of here. Go to Mexico. Well, I agree. We could send Annex Houston. Screw Houston. Dang, you like their food though. They press box. Food. Nah, screw Houston. I'm, I'm off Houston. Yeah, after screw the Texas. Whole, after the whole stadium thing, I'm done with Houston. That was stadium so thing. All right, we'll see you on overtime. <laughs> what are we talking about on overtime? Uh, the Cavs let Ricky Rubio walk away, and now he's back playing. Nah, I don't want to talk about that. Different team. I want to talk about that. What do you want? To, you want to do the movie thing that no one saw? I don't give a shit about Ricky Rubio. Who cares? That no one saw. I love that I'm cursing a lot in this last five minutes, and I'm having. Oh, fun. I watched. I watched Griselda. I finished watching Griselda. The whole thing. Was that good? We'll talk about Griselda. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Peace. Nobody cares about Ricky Rubio. Oh my god. <laughs>